Good morning and a very warm welcome to the parish of Casluchur and Gosainen. It's great to have you with us. I'm Adrian and I'm the vicar and on behalf of the church family, you're very welcome. Today, we'll be marking the baptism of Jesus as he's revealed as the Son of God. Heather will be reading for us. Glyn, our curate, will be helping us to understand that reading a little better. And then Claire will be leading us in prayer. But before we jump into the service, we've had some exciting news this week. Glyn was recognised in the New Year's Honours list and was awarded a BEM. I wanted to say a big congratulations to Glyn. The honours well deserved. Glyn, we love you very much and we celebrate your honour today. Also on Friday, we had news that John, our bishop, would be retiring as Bishop of Swansea and Brecon and Archbishop of Wales in May after celebrating his birthday. Today we look back and give thanks to God for his many years of wisdom, for his guidance and leadership. And as we celebrate everything that he's brought to the diocese, we want to wish him well, to uh, wish him a very happy retirement and to pray God's blessing on him and his family, on Joe, on the children. And we also celebrate the news that he's recently become a grandfather. Bishop, thank you so much and may God bless you richly in this new season in your life. As I said at the beginning, today we mark the baptism of Christ. And so as we begin our service, let me pray the special prayer for today, the Collect. Eternal Father, who at the baptism of Jesus revealed him to be your Son, anointing him with the Holy Spirit, grant that we who are born again by water and the Spirit may rejoice in being called your children. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So let's worship together.
reading from St. Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descended like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I speak in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now today, we commemorate the baptism of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, which is set out for us in St. Mark's Gospel. St. Mark's Gospel, of course, is the earliest of the Gospels. It is very sudden, very precise, and very dramatic, and unambiguous. 
with a characteristic of realism. To St. Mark, Jesus was God among humanity. His gospel is a transcript of the life, and Mark's aim was to portray the life of Jesus in the fullness of his living energy. Now, as clergy, we are often asked, why did Jesus have to be baptized? After all, he was God incarnate. He was Emmanuel, God with us. He was sinless. Therefore, baptism was irrelevant and unnecessary. Well, the answer to this is a very powerful one. And to answer it fully, we have to go back to, firstly, in the Old Testament, to Isaiah. Now, Isaiah was a Christ harbinger. He prophesied some 600 years before of the coming of the Messianic King, the suffering Saviour. Secondly, we have to go back to the 8th century prophet Malachi, God's messenger, who prophesied of the coming of the Messiah some 300 years before. By talking of the coming of the voice crying in the wilderness, <coughs> repent and be saved. Now, what we have to remember here is at the time that Jesus came to be baptized, there had been no word from God to the house of Israel for over 300 years. However, true to the prophecy of John the Baptist, he emerged in the wilderness, and so in John they heard at last the word of God. And his message was precise and effective. I will baptize you with water, but that will only cleanse the body. He who comes will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, which will cleanse your life and your heart. Now, I said earlier that the answer to this was a very, very powerful one. For Jesus, this was a crucial significant and momentous time in his life. It was firstly a moment of decision, secondly a moment of identification, and thirdly a moment of approval, and fourthly a moment of equipment. So let us look firstly at the moment of decision. Now, in life, we're always facing decisions, aren't we? And sometimes we have to face life as it is, make that decision, because it could have a pro profound effect on our lives. Some people go through life avoiding making decisions, and then what happens? They miss wonderful opportunities. Their life becomes sort of frustrated and aimless, and sometimes tragic. So for Jesus, his time had come, not only for himself, but for all of humanity. What we have to remember here, that for 30 years, Jesus had remained in Nazareth, faithfully discharging his duties to his home. However, he knew a time would come 
So he waited for that sign. The emergence of John the Baptist was that sign. That was his moment of decision, to step out of obscurity. <coughs> now we may ask, why did Jesus have to identify himself? Jesus was waiting his turn amongst all the people crowding around the River Jordan, waiting to be baptised, the baptism of repentance. But why Jesus? Why identify himself? He was the saviour of the world. But what we have to remember at this time, no one knew him, only John the Baptist. Jesus had not started his ministry. He'd only just walked from Nazareth to the River Jordan. So he had to identify himself. And as, as a result of that, he joined the people there around the River Jordan. He recognised that they were back-to-God people. And we must remember, too, that he came to be like us, to make us like him. So this then was the summons and the challenge of God and for that Jesus came to be baptised. So uniting us with his people and manifest in the beginning of his ministry. This was the moment of approval. He had stepped out of obscurity. Now he was looking for the seal of approval. The approval of God. And that voice of approval came direct to him from God, thou art my beloved son. At his baptism, Jesus submitted his decision to God, and that decision was unmistakably approved. Now comes the moment for Jesus of equipment. The Holy Spirit descended upon him just as a dove. The dove, of course, as we all know, is a symbol of peace, of gentleness and love, signifying that Jesus will conquer, but that conquest will be one of love. So it is then that he was baptised to identify with all of us, and that his baptism marked the beginning of his journey to the cross, to die for our redemption and to rise again on the third days that we may have eternal life through him. So baptism then is a holy sacrament, an outward visible sign of an inward spiritual grace, of admission and adoption. Through the baptism of Jesus, our baptism marks the beginning of our journey with God, which continues for the rest of our lives. In the waters of baptism, we were washed by the Holy Spirit, and God calls us out of darkness into light. A life that to follow Christ, dying to sin and rising to new life with him so that we all have forgiveness for the past, new life in the present, and hope for the future.
Now Jesus did all this for each and every one of us. So let me end by putting a question to you. If Jesus was in your car with you, where would he be sitting? In the back seat? In the front seat? Or in the driving seat? That's the question that we all have to consider. Is Jesus the one that's driving our lives? Let me finish with a little prayer of dedication. Lord Jesus, we give you our hands to do your work. We give you our feet to go your way. We give you our eyes to see as you do. We give you our tongues to speak your words. We give you our minds that you may think in us. We give you our spirits that you may pray in us. But above all, we give you our hearts that you may love in us. We give you our whole selves that you may grow in us. So that it is you, Lord Jesus, who lives and works and prays in us. In Jesus' name, amen. There is a Redeemer, Jesus God's own
It's only the 9th of January and just so much has already happened in this year. It feels like we're living in a movie set where we see on TV scenes of chaos in America's democracy. We see hospitals being overwhelmed by a pandemic. It just seems crazy and out of control. And in the midst of all this, God, we just remind ourselves and thank you that you are in control. Thank you, God, that you're outside of time. None of it comes as a surprise to you. And we think of those verses in Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 1 to 8. You say that for everything there is a season. There is a season for everything. And things will not last. Seasons will pass, seasons will come and go. And I thank you, God, that this current tumultuous, scary season will pass and it won't be forever. Lord, we thank you that there is a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to mourn and a time to dance. God, we know about mourning. We long for that time when we can dance. Please keep us persevere, persevering and help us till we get to that next season. Lord, you even say there's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. How wise you are. God, help us when we long to hug those that we love and we haven't for so long and we really want to, but for the good of everyone, we need to not. That's really hard. And when we come to the end of ourselves and it's just too much, God, give us more. Help us do what we can't do by ourselves. Lord, you say there's a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to tear down and a time to build. And we just lift up the things going on in the world today. Donald Trump's season is coming to an end. There's going to be a new president, a new season, a time for one thing to finish and something else to begin. And we, we thank you as well for Archbishop John, who has announced his retirement. And we thank you for the season we've had with him being our Bishop and our Archbishop of Wales. And we, we pray for this, this season of preparing for what's coming next. And we just acknowledge, God, that your hand is in all of it. You are in control. You, you put leaders in their place. You know what's coming. And we can trust in you and your promises. Lord God, I thank you that the, this lockdown is only a season. It feels like it is forever and it will never change, but it is only a season and we will get through it. And thank you for reminding us of that and the encouragement that brings. God, help us each day until we get to the point where this was a season past and not present. 
And Lord God, I thank you that even though we're in our own homes, we can't see friends, we can't see family, we're communicating via the internet and the phone, and it's so different. Lord, we can still serve you, we can still love you. And what do you ask of us, Lord? We just remember those words in Micah, chapter 6, verse 8, that even when we're in our homes, in our own four walls, you want us to connect our faith with our actions. Lord, in this crazy world, in this new year of 2021, help us individually, collectively, and as a, as a nation, as a world, help us to do justice. Help us to see where there is injustice and act to bring justice about. Help us to be kind with our words and our actions, even when we are at the end of ourselves. We're all stressed, we're all anxious, it's a fearful time, but in the midst of that, God, we call on you to help us to be kind to others and to ourselves. And Lord, help us to remember to walk humbly with you, God. Lord, we might be tempted to think you're not involved when we watch the news, news clips and what's going on, but you're very involved and you're in our homes with us. If we only quiet ourselves and listen out for you, we'll hear from you, we'll seek guidance from you, we'll get encouragement from you, we'll get strength where we have none. Lord God, help us to do that practically every day. So thank you, God, that on the 9th of January, you are God over the whole world. This Sunday is no different from any other Sunday. You are in control, God, and we just acknowledge that and say that we love you and we ask for your help. Amen.
Well, thank you so much for joining us once again today. I hope that you've been encouraged and blessed by the service. And thanks too to everyone who's taken part today. As we enter a new season of lockdown, I'm aware that lots of you may need support in one way or another. Please don't assume that we know what you need, but please know that when you ask for support, we are here to help you in whatever way we can. All of my contact details are on the bottom of the screen, so please do think about getting in touch with us. And we have a team of volunteer callers who will be getting in touch with every member of our congregation on a regular basis. And I too will be looking forward over the coming days and weeks to connecting with you over the telephone and chatting a little bit more. We are here for you and we love you very much. As we begin a new week in these challenging times, let me pray for God's blessing over us. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.